guys. Welcome to You Are Not an Artist podcast. Uh, this is a special podcast because we are on hiatus. That's right. Shelby and I are taking a little break from doing our normal podcast stuff uh, because she's in Vermont and um, I've been left at home with the kitties, uh, taking care of our three cats and um, and uh, spending time with my daughter and trying to finish art projects and just we're like overwhelmed, you know, and Shelby's exhausted from doing farming all day and uh, I'm exhausted from like work and now having to be the main, main person. Uh, we were splitting our duties up of like taking care of the house and now I'm like, I'm having to do it all and it's like, I haven't done that in a really long time. So we're like, let's like, instead of putting all this pressure on ourselves to do the podcast um, the way that we usually do it, and then the editing and then the videos um, and all that stuff, um, I, we were having a conversation and I was just talking to her and I was like, why don't we just like, like just put that off till you get back? And she was like, like a hiatus. And I was like, yeah, like a hiatus. Let's like do that. Let's use that word a lot. Hiatus. because It sounds cool. Um, so I thought I'd maybe just talk about that so you guys don't feel like we've abandoned you completely, but we have, we are, we have a justification for, um, not staying on track with, uh, the podcasts and, uh, you know, the videos for those of you that are, are keeping up with it. We appreciate that. Uh, shout out to Matt Lucero for being one of our hardcore listeners that gives me and Shelby a lot of great feedback. He also did a t-shirt. I think he's going to be doing multiple t-shirts of some of the stuff that we talk about in the podcast, which is really freaking cool. Um, I should have posted up the picture of the t-shirt he gave to me for my birthday. I'm actually going to do that when I get back. <clears throat> so shout out to Matt Lucero. Appreciate you, buddy. Thanks, man. That meant a lot. Really cool. So I thought maybe we would discuss a little bit about that. This topic of, because we're kind of in that situation right now, of knowing when to like pull back a little bit <clears throat> when you're feeling a little overwhelmed by life and responsibilities and goals and, uh, you know, stuff like that. I think, you know, it's okay for you to, to sit down and be like, okay, look, like, you know, the point of life isn't to like work yourself to death because, you know, you guys have heard the whole, nobody ever got to the end of their life and was like, I wish I would have worked more. You guys have heard that, right? So, you know, it's important that you remember like whenever you're feeling like, oh man, I got so much I got to do and I just don't feel like I have time to get it all done. Well, then maybe it's probably important that you don't do all that stuff and that you pick the things that are most important to you in your life that you value and that you consider to be important to you and your soul. And then you just try to do your best with everything else and anything that just doesn't seem like it's it's going to make sense for you to try to kill yourself doing, you know, like running out of energy, getting sick, trying to finish all that stuff and just put it off. What's going to happen? Nothing. What's going to happen if we don't do our podcast for like a month and a half? Nothing. You guys are going to go on with your lives. It'll be fine. And when we get back to doing our normal podcast routine, we'll do it. And so I'm actually on my way to uh, see my son in the woodlands in Houston. Uh, it's his birthday tomorrow. So I'm like, hey, I've got time to do a little quick little podcast like I used to do back in the day. If you guys want to look at back in the day podcasts, check it out. It's the early on, like the first seven podcasts episodes are just me like, driving like I am now and just kind of like talking, shooting the shit, talking about my ideas. So if you want to revisit that, you know, that's, that's kind of what I thought maybe I could do. You know, it's easy. 
Shelby is the technical expert. She's got the mic set up. She does great editing. You know, we go, we, we do a live broadcast on Facebook across all platforms, actually, when we're recording the podcast. And so, you know, she's got it down, but, you know, we don't need to put all that pressure on ourselves when we got so much going on. So I thought, why don't I just do this in the meantime? Because it's so easy. It's super easy for me to just like throw this up there and just have a conversation about stuff. So, um, yeah, don't don't put that pressure on yourselves to feel like, oh, man, I got to like get all this shit done, plus spend time with my family. And then your family suffers because you're too exhausted to spend time with them. And I've been really grateful because. You know, I'm using this time to like connect with my daughter. She's 16. She's at a really important age where she's becoming more conscious as an adult. And at the same time, you know, um, getting into all this cool stuff at school and really wanting to learn from her old dad. And I'm really just very conscious of that. And, you know, she's going to be off on her own soon. And you know, I'm just very aware that this is a very important time in our lives where I get a chance to connect with her. And we've been doing a lot of that, actually. Like, um, I'll come home from work and she'll come home from work. She gets up at five now because she got a job. Oh, my goodness. She got a job. She's working at Sonic. I know it seems like a soul crushing job, but for like a 16 year old that's never made money and hasn't had a real concept of what it is to work. Um, and be a part of society and understand that it's not all like, you know, rainbows and sunshine when you're having to work a job that you don't like. It's good that she understands that because she doesn't need to get trapped in a job that she's not going to want as an adult because she's done it when she was a kid. And she's like, ah, I don't want to do that. So it's important that she has this job at Sonic and she's really good. She's, you know, she's making her own money, which I'm going to be able to teach her about. So she knows she doesn't get trapped in the whole financial black hole that we get sometimes can get trapped in as adults because we don't know money. So I get to teach her that. She comes home at five. I get home at five. We talk about her day, you know, and I start on dinner and, you know, she says, dad, can we pick a movie to watch? Can we pick a 2000s movie or a 90s movie? And I'm like, yeah, let me show you my movies that I used to watch when I was a kid and a young adult. Like, let's, let's check those out. And, you know, that's what we've been doing lately. And it's been really fun. And, she asks me questions about life and it's, you know, I love that. And we spend like a good three hours together. And, you know, I could be spending that time shooting video for the podcast and for the business. And I, you know what? No, I'm not going to trade. I don't want to trade. I'm good. I'm good doing a month and a half of just doing that with my daughter and, you know, going to see my son and, you know, when me and her spend our time together and that's over in the evening time, I'll go and spend time painting, working on projects that I got to get done, which I'm totally behind on, but that is okay. You know, life happens. Like, uh, last week, last weekend, I was supposed to be, like, knocking it all out because, like, I'm not out of town seeing my son. So I'm like, oh, I'm going to get up early and and uh, knock out a mural job that I've been meaning to finish. And then I'm going to come back and start on these sheep and then start on this big commission that I got. And I got sick. And you can hear it on my voice. I'm still kind of getting over it. I'm always just a little congested. (coughs) And um, I got sick. And uh, I was just like, I hadn't been sick like that since before COVID. And I was like, oh, man, I know why I got sick. Because I've been like hand sanitizing and doing social distancing this whole time and wearing a mask. So, of course, I'm not going to get sick with COVID or anything else during that time period. 
But now that I'm not wearing a mask and I'm, I'm vaccinated and I'm still doing a little bit of social distancing, but I'm still meeting people at the office, I was like, oh, man, of course I'm going to get sick because, like, I haven't been challenging my immune system this whole time. So I got sick. And all those plans I had last weekend just completely fell through. And I just was laid up taking medicine and literally just sleeping and, like, not doing anything, being a vegetable, basically. And, um, you know, I felt bad because I really wanted to get that stuff done. But, hey, when your health is, you know, on the fritz, you got to, you know, it, you got to put, put all your attention on that. Because if you don't, it will get worse and you, then you really won't be able to get shit done. So, you know, that's just an example of like I was just really expecting to get some work done and I couldn't because I got sick. And... um and then that whole thing with us trying to figure out how to schedule the podcast and the video. And we were just like, nah, nah, you know, we, we, Shelby and I spent time in the evening, you know, cause she's an hour ahead. So, you know, we spend time just talking about our day and, and connecting because we miss each other. And, and so like, why are we going to throw all these, these things, these, ta- these tasks on you know, in place of that, instead of connecting, because it's hard being away from each other, and having to do all this work that we have to do during the day. Why are we going to throw more on top of that, and then ruin the connection, you know, that we get this limited window of availability to connect, and talk about our frustrations, and what's going on during the day, and, you know, and lean on each other, and all this other stuff, like, I don't want to give that up, the same, I don't want to give that connection I have with my daughter. I'm not going to give that up during the summer. Hell no. No, 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 no. So we're going on this hiatus. And I'm happy about that because it's really given me time to, like, try to get into the rhythm of figuring out how to take care of the house, you know, on my own and and be there for my daughter and try to figure out how to get these art projects done. And so, you know, I don't want to put more pressure on myself than I have to during this time period. And, uh, and you know what, I, it's really given me a chance and going into this, you know, Shelby was like, you really need to reconnect with your art in what, in, in a way that's going to be like soulful for you. Because for, for many years I was just painting to sell and learn, you know, that's really what I was using to do with my artwork. It was just like, okay, I need to make X amount of money to pay the bills. So I'm going to just be painting what's marketable and what's selling. And at the same time, I'm going to use that as a way to learn, like, different ways of painting different subjects and learning about the painting medium and different mediums of painting, like watercolor and oils and murals now and charcoal. And so, you know, the first 10 years was really a lot, mostly that. And now that I've kind of reached the point where I understand how to do and execute all those things, I reached the point where I was just unhappy with my artwork and it was showing And so now I'm using this time to do some introspection with my artwork and it's going really well. I am really loving this whole experience. And we were talking about the phases and all that stuff. And she was like, you know, you kind of like, you've kind of like reversed a little bit to go into phase one, which I've never really fully committed to phase one, you know, because I didn't understand at that point in time that that even existed. So, you know, now that we've created these phases, I'm like, I need to go through this like phase one again and like really do it like for real, because I didn't know 
to do it the first time around. I was just, I'm just now figuring out what the phases are and teaching it to people, but I really need to go through it myself and, and do it. And so I'm going through these steps with a lot of intention and I've like, I found all oh, so much stuff that's so cool. It's getting me so psyched about art. Like I'm like understanding art on a much deeper and profound level and maybe you guys have already found this but I'm just now discovering it and it's making me so excited um I don't want to ramble on into all the things that I've kind of discovered and the epiphanies I've had because I've had so many and they are informing the way that I create um and I think it really does tie all together with like your ability to like face your own issues um as a human being and it really does tie into the book that we're going to be releasing in December, um, which is like, you know, the first like three quarters of the book is like understanding yourself as a human being. And I think you've got to work through all that shit so that you can like come out the other side and be like, oh, so emotions inform my artwork. And the better I understand my emotions, the better I can understand other people's emotions and how to connect. And that can inform my art. Oh, fuck. Like, when I realized that, and then I realized that the way that you examine and allow yourself to be influenced, it was like all the things that I was already into, like hip-hop and, like, certain, like, historical artwork and, um, like, books and authors and movies and breakdancing, like, I started to examine that a lot and really take a lot of my like biggest influencers influences of those mediums and look at what they did and what informed them. And then I allowed myself to just discover that whole process and what was it like for them. It opened my eyes to like, Oh my God, I didn't realize that the stuff that I was already consuming was like a, a a roadmap, if you will, of, um, innovation and how, like, I'll give you one example, Nas. If you guys are like aware of who Nas is, I was a rap artist, go back and um, check out this documentary on Nas. It's on Netflix. I forget the name of it, but if you type in Nas, you'll find a documentary about him specifically. And um, Nas put out this album in 1994. It was his first album called Illmatic. And if you guys are hip-hop heads, then you already know. I don't have to educate you on Illmatic. Illmatic was like the quintessential rap album of the 90s that solidified rap as a true art form because it was soulful. I mean, he spoke the truth in that album about where he came from, Queensbridge, and like what life was like there. But it was because... He was an artist. He is an artist. And so his influences of his of his um, environment and the way he was, he was so connected to emotion and how he created those lyrics through the rap, through rap as an art form informed his work, which connected with people on a deep level. And you watch a documentary and it's all obvious because these other artists that are their rappers were like, man, like the way he was able to describe Queensbridge through these metaphors and symbolism was uh, a a window to the emotions of that place. 
and those people. And um, I looked at that and I was like, well, that's what an artist does. An artist informs visually or whatever, through whatever art form they're using, but an artist informs through influences, whether it's environment and other art forms, and incorporates that into their art in order to connect with other human beings. And our job as artists is to allow those influences to shape the way that we communicate. You know, another example is Van Van Gogh, you know, Vincent Van Gogh. You guys don't need me to, to talk to you about who he is, but if you really dive into his background as an artist and what his um his journey was there it's really interesting because um i never knew this about him as an artist but when you start to look into it it doesn't it doesn't take you much time to discover that his his influences his influences as an artist and this is going to parallel to something else i discovered about notorious big the rap artist van gogh spent a lot of his early time as an artist um and and he spent about 10 years um, studying artwork before he really nailed his own style and then he died abruptly. He spent a lot of time like studying the artists of, um, of the Renaissance. And there were a lot of people that he loved that experimented with color and that were teaching him the fundamentals. And then he also played with a lot of the people during the impressionistic uh, movement during his era, you know, like, you know, Monet, Manet, um, you know, and, uh, oh gosh, it was the other one that was with him during the time that he was um, going through his issues. Um, I forget already, but it doesn't matter. You could see in his early artwork that he was influenced by the the art of his era, but what really influenced the artwork that we see that's popular Van Gogh, like Starry Night in the wheat fields and, you know, um, the, uh, the, the Rhine River, you know, like all those pieces, of the, the uh, uh, cherry blossoms and his self-portraits and a lot of his portraits were influenced not by the artists of his era, but by Japanese printmaking that was introduced to France during the period of time where Japan was opening up its doors and art was part of that trade that was happening when Japan finally started opening up its culture to the world, those prints made their way to France and some of them made their way to Van Gogh and his brother. And Van Gogh did studies of Japanese printmaking and they were terrible. They were bad. But the parts of the art, the Japanese printmaking that he did, I think he took, ended up in his artwork and influencing the way that he created it. And the reason I bring that up is because he allowed that to happen, but he also, I think, he knew that he couldn't create by allowing himself to be influenced by contemporary art, because contemporary art is the voice of other artists, and that's great. But you can't create something unique to yourself if you're using the voice of somebody else that's already doing it in your era. You've got to go a little bit outside of your genre, you know, or your medium, and 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 discover other artwork that can give your voice 
a unique perspective. And I talked about Notorious B.I.G. a second ago. There's a documentary on Notorious B.I.G. And he's, there's a small snippet. And he says that he never listened to rap in the 90s in his era. He didn't li- and now he listened to stuff in the 80s, which turned him on to rap. But when he became an artist himself, he stopped listening to rap and he listened to uh, Jamaican music and he would fall asleep to country music. That right there is another example. Like Van Gogh, he didn't allow himself to be influenced by contemporary artists in his genre because it then then what what voice would he have you get what i'm saying what voice do you do you have if you're allowing the voices of your current era and movement that already exist influence your own voice it, it it's hard for you to find your own way of creating if all you're doing is consuming the same shit that everybody else is consuming out there and allowing that to be a part of your process. Now, a lot of people would argue that you should be consuming a lot of stuff of your era. Okay. I mean, I get it. It's okay to see it, but to allow it to influence you is a completely different thing. You know, looking at it and consuming it to allow it to influence your voice are two different things. You know, Notorious B.I.G. was aware of other artists, obviously. I mean, there are clips of him performing with, like, Tupac and um, Big Pun and, you know, um, other artists during that era and working with him, and that's fine. But you can't allow yourself to be influenced by those and then put that out in your own work because B.I.G. was very different from a lot of the artists during that time period. Um, So was Nas. Nas was very different when he came on the scene. Um, so was Jay-Z. And so I've been becoming more in tune with the idea that I need to look beyond my own genre to be in my own time period, to be influenced by those things that really get my attention, that really, like, for lack of a better phrase, turn me on, that really get me going. Like, And so I've been leaning hard into that. And I'm not going to talk too much more about what those influences are because they're a little irrelevant because I'm not necessarily taking them and replicating them. I'm taking the best parts of those things that really like speak to me, putting intention and thoughtfulness into those things and then creating with it, like creating with that energy and that perspective and that eye and that ear and that voice and I'm just like loving it I am so loving it right now because I never used to sketch before because I just didn't see why it was important in my process because I was so focused on money I was just like well why would I sketch because it's going to take extra time when I could be doing more art and just painting more which is fine because I was building a skill set. But now that I'm being more intentional, the sketches are informing my art more. They're giving it more uh, emotion. And I get to discover that. What's the emotion in my artwork? 
and putting ideas to it and really diving deep. And man, I, I am really enjoying this time period now. So this hiatus with all this stuff that we have going on and taking a, putting a break to it, it's really allowing me to reconnect, dive deeper, fall in love with my influences, finding other artists outside of my genre and outside my time period to see what influenced them, to see what their process was, to see how they, to, to find validation in the seeking of other influences to, you know, create my voice, my own unique voice. And so in the next, well, you know, part of my life as an artist, um, you're going to see a lot of changes happening and I'm going to see a lot of changes happening and I'm really excited for that. And I'm not at all apprehensive or scared or how my art is going to look different or whatever, or how people are going to perceive it. I don't care because I'm just so like in love with this process and this self-discovery. So anyway, that's the podcast this time, a little short one compared to the other podcasts we've been doing, but I just thought this was a great you know, opportunity to talk about the hiatus and, and where, what things are happening during this process. And if I feel like putting another podcast out during this time period while we're taking a break and I'm doing these drives or I'm working in the studio, I'll just put my headphones on and just do a little podcast for y'all and, and throw it up. And, you know, that way you guys can kind of hear what's happening during this time period. So anyway, shout out again to all the listeners, you guys, for, you know, those of you that have still been listening uh, to this time period and, and discovering some of the older podcasts. And um, I do plan on actually sitting down with Matt Lucero because he's a good friend of mine for us to do a little podcast together uh, called uh, a segment that I did with another friend of mine, Rafael Gomez, called Boiling Noodles with So-and-So. So me and uh, Matt Lucero are going to sit down and do a little podcast together, uh, you know, just for the hell of it and, and see and play around and have fun, talk about art, talk about life, talk about funny shit like we used to when we were kids and just mess around. So we'll see you guys next time. Have fun, discover your process, check out the three phases because they're important and, uh, and, and find what influences you, fall into it, discover what that process is like and, uh, and just do you. All right. We'll check you later.